0: Hello and welcome to Journey Through Limbo, a podcast presented on the Crit Hit Wild Network. Uh, my name is Jason, or Justy, in all the MCP Discord uh, groups and, uh, and servers, and also on Facebook as well. Uh, my co-host uh, joining me this week, as always, is Brian. Brian, how are you today?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm dealing with that thing where you realize that more than 50% of your pairs of underwear and socks have holes in them. And you got to make that philosophical decision of whether or not to throw them out or just to to ride it out in the, until they completely disintegrate.
0: That is that is tough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the struggle is real on that. Uh, we're also living that grind. Um, to pull back the curtain a bit, of this is technically in a calendar week the third episode that we've recorded. So we we've been on that grind. Um, and it's uh, it's becoming habit a little bit. But um, outside of that. Um, today, we have a very special guest with us. Um, it is the Notorious Brad. Brad, how are you today?
2: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Good. Well, we're very excited to have you on. Um, but before we get started, I would like to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience in case they don't know you. Um, and tell us a little bit about your background in gaming, in comics, and in MCP.
2: Okay, so... I don't even know where to start on this. Uh, I guess I started gaming with D&D and Magic, but that's not really relevant anymore. Well, that's not entirely true. I still play a D&D game every week. But I got into miniatures when I was looking for a comic shop to buy comics from. I walked in. They were playing Malifo. It looked neat. Played Malfo for a little bit. Switched over to War Machine and Hordes, which is where I am at. Jason here and... I don't think Brian. I don't think Brian I met till Gilball days. Correct. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Gilball was a great game. Uh, And then I heard about MCP uh, before it came out at the, what was it, Gen Con announcement. Yeah. And I was all in immediately. Um, I knew those guys from the War Machine days. Uh, The game looked really good. The models looked really good. I knew that they would eventually do X Men, even though they weren't the first thing released. And I love X Men. That's, uh, that's mostly the comics I've read, but I, I have read some variety of others. Started with the cartoon, then the movies came out after X2. I was like, I really, really like the X Men. I'm going to start reading comics. So I started with X Men number one from '63 and read every issue that the X-Men appeared in, uh, all of them that have ever been made, uh, and I am reading all the new books every week.
0: Now, you read in chronological order, correct?
2: I read them in chronological order from start to finish.
0: That's awesome. That's dedication. See, I am currently yeah. doing the same thing as you're well aware, Brad, but I yes. am breaking it up differently, um, and I'm just taking chunks and errors at a time um and jump yeah. around a bit just to keep my my attention a little bit better but um no that's awesome um you also um I'm going to give you an opportunity to brag on yourself a bit you also make a pretty pretty sweet little website that most of us use you want to talk about that a little bit
2: well the crit hit wild website isn't quite done yet. <laughs> oh do you mean com? I do that was the one I was referring yeah. to so so um I don't know how many people I've told this story to, but the uh, a symbol was made and a symbol, pretty good app. Yep. Uh, but I have an iPhone and I couldn't get it to work on my iPhone, and I hated um, what's the Battle Scribe. Yep. I hate it. I hate it so much. So I was like, I'll just make my own. And I figured if I was making my own, probably other people would probably like to use it, and. I learned a lot very fast about making web apps, and now it's out there.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's used by every single guest that's been on our show uses it. Uh, we use it for every every um, podcast. Brian and I both use it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good little tool. Um, but since we talked about Crit Hit Wild, I assume if people found us, they know about Crit Hit Wild. But do you want to talk about that a little bit too?
2: Oh yeah, Jared wrote me into doing some crit hit wild stuff. He's like, "I want to make a YouTube channel," and then Brandon and I have mostly run the YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> that's how
0: that goes, right?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was also Jared's idea for the Appalachian Cup back in the day. I, I remember. And who, that. and who ended up running that?
0: It was it was a lot of you and a little bit of me. So yeah, um, yeah, us. That's, that, that's exactly how that went down. Um, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a push from Jared to get us to start doing monthly tournaments too, um, for MCP. Um, well, I
2: kinda. I mean, we've wanted kinda, to do it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we wanted to do it. Yeah. But,
0: um, Co- Covid kind of got in the way of doing that
2: earlier yeah. than we ended up doing it, but.
0: I was just jumping on the blame Jared bandwagon. So. Um, yeah. Now, we have, so you talk about Crit Hit Wild, we've had Jared on the podcast, now we've had you. We're supposed to have Brandon on next week, but that dude dodges like no tomorrow, so <laughs> I, um, I'm fully expecting not to have him on. Um, I guess we'll find <laughs> out together. Um. Oh,
2: they're going to love this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got to get those digs in while we can. Anyways, I figure without further ado, we want to get into our list building uh, section. But before that, I believe Brian has an ad read ready for us. Take it away, oh, here Brian. here we go.
1: Of course, for possibly the last time, Journey Through Limbo is sponsored by CerebroMCP.com. <laughs> your all-in-one resource for Marvel Crisis Protocol list building and reference material. We had a good run, dear listeners, but this is the end of the road. The meme can only go so far. <laughs> Oh, well, at least we didn't get paid. Once again, that's C-E-R-E-B-R-O-M-C-P dot com.
0: Thank you, Brian.
2: That was was nicer than most of
0: them. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Cerebro MCP, for your sponsorship. And thank you, Brad, for not giving us a dime. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Anyway. I was going
2: to... I was gonna send you a penny, but then I realized that um, I'm I'm hosting you, so
1: <laughs> that is, is payment all, enough is, right? how, Does it still count as a sponsorship if we have to pay Brad? You do not have to pay me. <laughs> Don't lie to the listeners. <laughs> oh, I'm just asking questions.
0: Dang. Okay, so on that note, how about we start building this list? Brad, why don't you tell the listeners, I think they probably have a pretty good idea of what you brought today, but go ahead and tell the listeners what affiliation you chose.
2: I brought Criminal Syndicate. I'm just kidding, X-Men. <laughs> of course.
0: All right, so X-Men it is. So, within X-Men, I assume that you chose the correct leader when building your roster and chose Cyclops. Cyclops.
2: Yes, yes. No, I, I took Storm, of course. Okay. Storm's so, great. So Storm's Storm. great in the comics. Storm's great in this game.
0: All right. Yeah, she is. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about Storm. What makes you like Storm?
2: Um, Well, her leadership is a leadership. (laughs) So that's a big plus. Uh Um, Cover, I think cover is real good. Uh, The place, when I remember it, is also excellent. Back when I played Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight in my list, I never forgot it, but I'm not as good of a player, I guess. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> she She's great at sitting on the back point. It's hard to kill her. She has stealth that's not called stealth, so it's just better. Uh, flight is has been uh, clutch at times. And her throw. I use her throw all the time. That's probably how she does most of the damage when I use her,
0: is from that throw. Yeah, I've noticed that um, when I play her, the big goal is to get... Um enough power on her to use that throw. Typically, uh-huh. when, when I play her, I don't use it as much for damage as I do for reposition stuff. Um,
2: uh, yeah, it's good for that, too. Right. but She has held flanks on her own, though, against two models by uh, making attacks and, and throwing them. The other day, she got a little unlucky on the defense, so she didn't last as long as I'd hoped, but she was... Holding her own against Mysterio and Carnage. Oh, nice! Because she could just throw Carnage into Mysterio and then attack Carnage.
0: Now, Brian, do you do you have anything to say about Storm? Storm's pretty
1: cool. There, there's not really. Uh... Yeah, this is this is going to be tough for me. This is going to be a tough episode for me because uh, I'm not. Anywhere near as big of an X fan, so I'm just gonna kind of look at these characters and go,
0: "Yeah, that's pretty cool." All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so Brad, that that's your first choice. You brought Storm. What is your first affiliated character?
2: Uh, well, the first one I've got listed on here is Rogue. Rogue. Uh, Rogue. One of the best four point models in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's great. Her Builders, real good. Uh, Southern Hospitality with that size 4 throw is amazing. Love throwing, like, I don't know, juggernauts into magics or anything like that. Uh. (laughs) Charge, I mean, that's great. Um, She's got a size 4 terrain throw. That's good. I love mutant absorption. I use it all the time.
0: I think that's a, an ability. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a minute to read it out loud uh-huh. for our listeners because I think it's a very important um, point to bring, out when, to bring up when talking about Rogue. Um, so, Mutant Absorption, it's an active uh, superpower that costs two. Um, choose an enemy character within two of this character. Roll five dice. The chosen character loses power equal to the numbers of crits, wilds, and hit results if the chosen character would lose more power than it has it suffers one damage for each power it could not lose the chosen character does not gain power for damage suffered in this way this superpower can only be used once per turn so i think that this is a very it's, it's just a very good ability mostly i mean it's twofold right you can strip power so it has a, a layer yes. of control but it also has extra damage output so if you if they've used like it makes somebody... Let's, let's use Steve Rogers as an example. He has power on him. You attack him. It makes him think about using that Vibranium Shield or not, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, if I spend that power, then that is more potential damage that I could take here on another layer. So it's just another layer of control and aggression, both, um, that she brings. Um, she, she's just very good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I usually... Try to use it in a situation where I can get some free damage, mm-hmm. but there are those key power stripping times where it, that's just amazing too. Absolutely. And on top of all that else, she's got decent defenses and reduces the damage. Right. So
0: a four three three and reducing it by one is uh yeah. Well, in under storm, and, you have that added cover too.
2: Yeah, most of the time. Not, not anyone she's up attacking, but
0: right. Well, what from I've other found, people? What I've found is usually she goes into something and it dies, and then the other mm. things that retaliate against her, she's tanky against. So,
2: yeah. she usually has a turn a game where she does work on about three different characters, and it feels real good. And then the rest of the time, she's just a pain to deal with.
0: That's, so. that's it. Brian, what is your do you, do you have any Rogue experience? I haven't played a whole lot of Rogue. Basically when she came out, I um I haven't played a lot of X-Men and Brotherhood in that time period, but um have you played against Rogue much, Brian?
1: I I've played against Rogue a little bit. I I've, I've played like maybe one or two tournament games against Rogue and it always sucks cuz I always get my ass handed to me. Jeez. Rogue just roll like their rogue is so disgusting.
0: I think that it's important. so we we kind of have our list of characters that that we say that whenever you play an affiliation, um, it feels like they're they're an auto include into the roster. Um, we've talked about Dr. Voodoo, um, any of his affiliations mm-hmm. he's auto put into. Black Cat's the same way. Any of her affiliations, she's auto-put into. And those two characters, many affiliations they're not in, they're also auto-put into. I think Rogue Mm -hmm. is much more in that same vein, where if you're playing Brotherhood or you're playing Uncanny X-Men, she's a must-take in in your 10. I'm not saying you play her every time, but in your 10, she's kind of a must-have.
2: Yeah. I have another one on my list that I feel that way about. I I have Uh, a
0: feeling that I know who that is, but...
2: The the only time Rogue doesn't get played is because of points reasons. Yeah. Like, if I can fit a four-pointer in my list, she's going in.
0: I can agree with that. I just can't believe that you would want to play her over Wolverine or Cyclops. So. Mm. Funny. Anyway. So, that was sarcasm, people, in case you were wondering. Um, anyway. So, that's Rogue. Um, Brad, what's your third affiliated character? Well, your second affiliated character outside of the leader.
2: Domino. Hey. Domino's great. She's three points. That's going to be important for my list. Uh, The, uh, what's it called? Probability manipulation, where she turns... um, fails into crits, gets a lot of attention. But, things go my way seems to have been more important in the last half dozen games I've played than that. I have, because
0: in in X-Force, I've found the same thing. Um, It seems like it it goes a long way to making her tanky. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead.
2: Oh yeah, no, that's fine. It, It helps her get damage through and it helps her stay on the field. They just don't get extra die from crits.
0: That's so good.
2: Um, Grenade bounce. I used that in the game the other day. I was on the other side of a building and attacking someone. It's, love that. Ignore line of sight. Incinerate's amazing, especially if you incinerate them and then you start automatic pistoling them because rapid fire is good in this game. Yeah, and, and then I never really use lucky shot. So.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty situational. Um, I think yeah. I've used it once, maybe. Um, it feels I, I forget what it was, but I, I didn't want to put extra power on something, and uh, that was the that was kind of the situation that I went with. But um,
2: yeah, it it on anyone else, that'd be a pretty good attack. It's yeah. just it seems like she's got better things to do.
0: Absolutely, I I, I think it's, it's nice that it's a tool in her belt, but it's not. Um, yeah. it's also nice that it's only a three cost. Um, that way it's a tool that. When it comes up, it's at least relevant, and you can probably pull off. But yeah, but I agree. Typically, a grenade bounce plus having the extra power for probability manipulation is probably better, or probably yes. manipulation plus what plus pistols or whatever. So yeah,
2: uh, if you were a whole lot of failures, you will be using your power.
0: Absolutely, that's yeah. exactly it. Um, that yeah. Well, she. Um, Domino is a character that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, She's she's one of my favorite X characters in general. Um, She commonly, I I list her in my top 10 favorite mutants often. Um, And my top 10 favorite mutants are typically my top 10 favorite characters, period. Um, Anyway, but yeah, no, I, I really like playing Domino. I think she's great in the game. Ryan, you have anything to say about Domino?
1: rules i uh, similarly i have more experience playing her outside of x-men
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but domino's one of those characters that like she doesn't need a specific leadership to like maximize her usefulness she's just sort of like I-, I think very much similar to the characters she can go in into most situations and just kind of work her way over through it just super cool
0: yeah she kind of holds her own um yeah. i uh in X Force, I liked using her and Cable together. Um, they can kind of hold down a flank while X twenty three Wolverine and Honey Badger did their thing on the other side. Um, so yeah, no, she's she's just a very good character.
2: She also works well in the um, in some of the crises. I like to play with this list. Okay, but that will be a discussion later.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll we'll make sure to circle back around to that for sure. Um, so that's that's three characters. Who's our fourth character, Brad?
2: Hey, you're gonna love this, magic.
0: A. Hey. We've gone. Uh, I, I think we've had what two episodes? Two of our five so far, Brian. That that haven't had magic. Um, Jared didn't have her, and Lexa didn't have her, right?
1: Yeah, we've had more more inclusions of magic than not.
0: Yes. So we are sixty. Yeah. We are now a sixty-six percent magic success rate. So go ahead, Brad. <laughs> talk to us about magic.
1: I mean,
2: what what have you guys not said already? She's good. I love her teleport. Um, the source of Supreme Balimbo never seems to come up in my games, but uh, she's got a range four energy attack if you need it. But I like using her mystic attacks, um, especially against those models like Wolverine who just doesn't have very good mystics. She just kind of kicks them in uh, if the. My opponent's playing Captain America, Steve. I take her and I put her across from him. And she takes care of Steve for me.
0: Yep, she just Steve's worst enemy is yeah. is one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny you you mentioned the Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo, and um, it was funny for me to hear you say that it never comes up in your games. Uh, because, I, you know, I do play a lot of Convocation. So it yeah. does technically come up in my games. I don't know that I have ever rolled a single wild on a defense while playing her in Convocation. I look for it every time I get so hype. I'm like, all right, here we go. I have jank. Doesn't happen. So, <laughs> um, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. it is what it is. But uh, but no, she, she's just, like you said, we've talked about her a lot. Brian and I have dissected the, the hell out of her at, at this point. But um, see what I did there. Or, or I guess the limbo out of her at this point. Um, uh. But uh, no, she, she's just great. She's a great objective runner. She's a great attacker. Um, yeah. She's just a great all around character.
2: That's what I was going to say. At her worst, she's a good objective piece. Absolutely, And that's not bad place to be.
0: Absolutely. So, Brian, you have anything to add about magic and how much we love her?
1: Um, I was a little disappointed. Like, the first time I was playing Convocation, I I, I played Convocation for the first time last week, and I was all set up. I played Ironbound Books into a team that wanted to fight, and I was all excited. I was going to finally get to use Magic's passive, and then she just got hit by four energy attacks in a row. (laughs) That happens, too. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to
0: Convocation,
1: bud. Didn't care for it. I still won that game, but did not care for it.
0: You did. You you beat the shit out of Hulkbuster, right?
1: Uh yeah. The game finished up 14 to 21. Felt pretty good, blackjack.
0: Yes, sir. There it is. Alright, so that's that's our fourth character, Magic. So, Brad, uh, let's get us to our halfway point. Who's your fifth character?
2: Fifth character, you're also gonna like this. X twenty
0: three. Hey, you're right, I love this.
2: Um, as much work as rogue puts in, I feel like X 23 usually does more, um, Pierce on both her attacks are amazing. The frenzy, uh, usually get to do that at least once a game. Um, the rerolls, good healing factor is great. Like she's just a very solid piece, very mobile. I love doing claw rushes into frenzies. Um, moving halfway across the table and then attacking someone else
0: yeah that seems pretty good yeah um yeah she's she's a character that i've talked about a bit um we talked about her on my list episode when we talked about x-force and she's pretty central to my x-force game plan and as listeners might remember and as you all both know she is my second favorite comic character next to magic um so I when she came out I was very very excited and I was also just very very excited that she's really good. Um, there's uh there's very little reason to not play her in a list. Um But yeah, Brian, what do you, what do you think about X23? I'm
1: gonna I'm going to push up my glasses here. I'm going to say actually you mean Wolverine. Yeah, I do uh, mean Wolverine. You're right.
2: Yeah, I was very disappointed when she was bought X twenty three.
1: Yeah, X twenty three rules. Uh, I need more excuses to play her. because uh, she rules. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, That's absolutely it. She's she's awesome. Um, my favorite rule that she has. Um, is probably. I mean, it's tough. But my favorite rule is probably the assassin training. Um, three, three defense dice with a re-roll is so against most things against Mystic it's two with a reroll. But three with a re-roll is deceptively really, really tanky. Um, I mean that's what it, the spider it, people are. That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, they get some of them get more rerolls than one, but um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. And then you add healing factor on top of that, and it, it takes a lot to take her down.
2: I guess technically that's what Gwen gets.
0: Right, that's what Gwen gets. <laughs> and, and that's what uh, that's what Venom gets, right? So. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah. So X twenty three. Um, uh, I also really like Big Sis. Um, I think that that's um uh, that's kind of what makes her roll a bit, right? Um,
2: big sis and little sis can warp games it did to me this past Wednesday I after after the game my opponent was like I had to really like choose what to do and most of the time I just chose not to attack them
0: yeah and that's that's awesome too right yeah oh yeah love to hear that
2: which I mean, that kind of spoils what my next model is, right? It's Honey Badger.
0: Right. I was I was trying to <laughs> present you with that segue. So yes, go yes. And, go ahead and have Honey Badger. It.
2: Um, I mean, her attacks are fine, but that's not why you're taking her. You're taking her for ankle biter um, and too dangerous to ignore. Like those two abilities alone are worth taking her two points, and her not being part of the scenario. Um, I have, I have gotten lucky with her though, and done things like in her two act, her two attacks, top to bottom doc strange just for no reason. And I tried taunting my opponent into attacking her the next turn saying after he flipped saying, you know, she's just going to do it to you again. You need to attack her.
1: (laughs) He did not take the bait. (sighs) Well, then you just then you just you know took them out anyway.
2: I did not, but I tried.
0: Yeah, uh, no, she is she is so, so deceptively solid. Um, when I read her card, I was excited because the um, well being a two threat in X Men and X Force is huge. Both of those affiliations yeah. desperately needed it. Um, Brad, you, you remember I played a lot of X Force early on. And mm-hmm. the um, the the big like reason that I quit playing them was because list building had become very binary, right? It was a very right. like focused game plan. Without a two, it was pretty inflexible. There was a lot of there there were several point totals that you had to basically play a point down, um, because the lack of a two really really hurt them with a five threat leader. Anyway, um, all of this to say, it, it was very exciting just to see the two threat and being both X-Men and X-Force affiliated. But, once you start adding in these other things, like the too dangerous to ignore, like the ankle biter, um, as you said, the the inability to interact with objective tokens has way less of an an impact because she has so big of an impact on the game already. Uh, Right. I think it was really neat to see them do that on interacting with objective thing and do it very different from nebula
2: right because nebula is
0: also worth taking
2: even though she doesn't do that but completely different completely
0: different um gabby here is a is a tank um and kind of tanks some some hits for you whatever um and, and allows laura to be enabled um Nebula is much more the the heat-seeking missile type, right? So yeah, both both are big threats for completely opposite reasons, and it just goes to show how good the designers are um, within the dis- the design space of this game. Um, Brian, what what do you think about about Gabby Gabby Kenny here?
1: Oh, I'll, listen, I'm always all about the affiliated twos. You know this? Absolutely. I mean. I don't know if we're if we're at the point where we could do merch yet, but that's that's probably one of those catchphrases that might go on the merch, you know. I was
0: gonna say that that is a t-shirt, right? Or at the very least, a sticker. Um,
1: so. Oh yeah, I don't know what we put on there. Like I don't know, uh, love and affiliated to or something. Yeah, I, I think-
0: like that. We, uh, we, we got to come up with something, but we definitely love our affiliated twos here on um, on Journey Through Limbo. So, yeah, no, she's great. Um, I, uh, I I don't have a lot to say. There, there's many a times where, and I'm sure we'll talk about tactics cards. Well, I know we'll talk about tactics cards, but I'm sure we may get into it when we talk about yours. But there's been many a time that I play exceptional healing on Gabby because she ends up with a bunch of power that she doesn't really use um outside of, outside of too dangerous to ignore, right? which usually makes her gain more power um so having that exceptional healing can sometimes completely derail an opponent's plan right they they plan to daze her on the first hit and then go after laura with the second hit or whatever and instead you're too dangerous to ignore into an exceptional healing and they're like well here we are so
2: And while we're, um, since we talked about names with X-23, I was very glad to see her name was Honey Badger, not Scout.
0: Me too. Mm. Me too. Oh,
1: it was so funny seeing the reveal of that pack and people on Facebook being like, who the frick is Honey Badger?
2: <laughs> Only one of the coolest characters in X-Men. Absolutely. I love like, it.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to gatekeep, you know. But you, it, it's it's less useful to go. Who is this character? I don't know who it is. Why are they putting him in the game? When you could just go straight to Google and then realize you need to read all new Wolverine, and then you can you know put your life on a better path.
0: Right, well, and, and Gabby has been a major player in, com- I, well, I say major player, she's been a player in comics since her introduction in All-New Wolverine, so since yeah. 2014-ish, she's been a, a mainstay in, in the X-Universe, right, so um, yeah. I think that people that say that have only watched the cartoon and aren't really paying attention, but but that's enough of us complaining about Facebook, we do it once per episode, so I don't want to be too negative of a Nancy.
2: She was even. She was even on an X Men team, so the Uncanny X Men thing makes sense. Right. She's not. She's not been on X Force though.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> I I like. I, I keep wondering what they're doing with that X Force roster because they say that they're doing. Well, the rumor is that they are doing a Weapon X sub theme, but and that would make sense if they would have put Omega Red on the roster. Um, right, because he was on it. Yeah, yes. when they didn't do that, I was, I was kind of confused, but whatever. Um, affiliations are weird sometimes. But that gets us six characters, Brad. So who, who's your next choice?
2: Next choice, I went with a villain. Okay. Um, I mean, just a real piece of shit involved <laughs> in multiple, multiple genocides. Can I guess? Yeah.
0: Beast. Beast, yeah, <laughs> he is an asshole. Yes, he is. He's a race trader. Um, yeah, yeah. So let, let, um, let's talk about him.
2: Which is probably news to those that don't read the comics. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Beast is very mobile. Um, he has uh, a cost two size two throw that I use all the time when I play him. Uh, his reroll just got fixed. So now it's way easier to use. Uh, gaining extra power from rolling a skull makes you not hate rolling that one skull too much. And like his attacks are decent. Like I want to I want to hate him and not play him. But he is a I I played him a lot in that chorus proxima list back in the day. And I've i to see how, how good he is, and I play him pretty frequently even now.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to mention, you, you said you played him a lot in the Corvus Proxima list. I think it's important to mention that um, his medium base makes the teleport off of Storm even better, oh, yeah. right? It adds yes, extra absolutely. Distance. Um, whether you're teleporting him or someone else, it adds extra yeah. distance to the movement um, and makes it even more relevant than it already is. Um, so he's, he's a character that as much as we, we talk about disliking him and, and we do, um, he is a, um, and, and I mean, as a comic character, just like him in MCP, yeah. he is a very, um, very good piece. I, I've even before the re-roll fix, I found myself using him most of the time that I played X-Men. Um, now with the re-roll fix, it's like, there's not, not a whole lot of reason to not play him um you can you can start with a very tanky roster of Storm, Domino and him and uh, and go from there potentially. Um, he's just he's very very good, very very flexible. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he has a lot of displacement and movement shenanigans, movement shenanigans for himself, displacement shenanigans for the opponent with his throw. Um yeah, I, I played him a lot with my Wakanda when he first came out. I was playing Wakanda back then. Um he fits in well there unaffiliated. I'm as a stat card, I do not have a lot of negatives to say about him.
1: Oh.
2: Right.
0: Brian, what do, you, what do you think about Henry McCoy?
1: Oh, Hank, Hank, Hank. Uh, I guess the important question is, Brad, did you go with the claw hand or the book hand? I have one of each. Okay, yeah, fair enough.
2: I am... I've spent a lot of money on this game. <laughs> just I, counting just counting, buying multiple packs of the X-Men so I can paint them differently.
0: Well, I'm going to push up my imaginary glasses and say only true nerds turn him upside down as well. So, oh, yeah. wow.
2: I didn't think about that, and then I felt like I would be stealing it if I did it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I, I love my... I do love that subtle repose. Um, all I did was flip the... Uh, the pillar upside down and it looks sweet so and he's reading a book upside down and that's just kind of cool to me
2: so. it does look very good
0: thank you um all right so that's seven characters um with a roster as big as now typically i would say brad i i assume we're getting into um unaffiliated choices here but with a roster as big as x-men is we that might not be the case so brad what, what's our next character
2: i do have One more affiliated model. uh, model. So if you've noticed, like three-point leader, most of the models I've said are three points, and then there's Rogue and Honey Badger uh, that break from that, but they complement each other to add up to six anyway. Uh, I like to go wide with this list. Because of that, I've never actually put this other model in play yet. He does have a specific purpose in the list. It's Colossus. And um, I don't know that he is needed for this specific thing, but he is there to bodyguard things like Helios bombardment laser or whatever that thing's called and stuff like that. He's just, he's tough. I, I You know what? I have played him. How did he end up in that list that time? Oh, because that was when I was still playing Ghost Rider. And that was just a weird points level. Uh, when I have played him in previous versions of the list, he's been good. Never get to X-Slam, but he kind of just stands around and takes whatever your opponents throw at him and survives much longer than he has any right to and scores you points by just standing around.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um one of our friends who will be on the podcast here in a few weeks, his name's Dave and Dave, Dave really enjoys playing Colossus as well. He's a big Peter Ras, Rasputin fan. And um, yeah, uh, Colossus is typically when Dave plays him against me, he sticks, like you said, he sticks around way longer than he has any business to. Um, yeah. And it's uh, yeah, I, I really like him. I think it's, it's important to mention his Bozumoy, um ability where it costs two Um, when this character is targeted by a physical or energy attack, it may use the superpower, add two dice to this character's defense roll against that attack. Um, so if you couple that with his, his bodyguard, his big brother ability, um, it can be, it can be pretty good. And, and like you said, because of those two things and his throw, um, it makes it really difficult to ever get to use X-Slam. Um, even though
2: it has a... Even though it has a stagger, you want to use it. It staggers and staggers on wild, stuns automatically. You want to use it. You just never have the power.
0: Yeah, he, he just wants that power for for all the other things. So, Brian, what do you think about our um, our maybe second favorite Russian or third favorite Russian? I don't know.
1: Um, I just wish that they had really you know, made the Colossus stat line proper and that he hadn't been made so underpowered. It's just really disrespectful to the character.
0: <laughs> How did I know that you were going to take this opportunity to bitch about Facebook some more?
1: <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with this card. There's nothing wrong. Everything that's here is Colossus. I agree. It's just like, why can't we just be happy that that we have the big, dumb metal guy in the game? Oh, he can only get bigger and dumber from here.
2: (laughs) Wait till they put the actual Unstoppable Colossus in the game.
0: Oh, I can't wait. So, that's my favorite version of Colossus. um, That does not surprise me at all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, considering the era of comics that I I started Uh subscribing to... um, And you know that um, it was the Gillen run of Uncanny. And that was that run is very near and dear to my heart. And that was that was when that was going on. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was that's my favorite version of Colossus. I was happy to see him as an. um, As an ultimate encounter, but I I would love to get him in the regular game.
2: Right. Fear itself. X-Men was the comic. That made me realize how much I love Cyclops.
0: That is fair.
2: When he says that they're going to start plan two. And the lawyer, whatever her name is. Is like, don't you mean plan B? And he says, uh, plan B would imply we only have 26 plans. That's when I knew I love Cyclops. Yeah, uh, Cyclops so is I- the guy that has more than
1: 26 plans. That is...
0: That is him. I, that, that's exactly it. Master tactician.
1: I don't think anybody cares, but my favorite version of Colossus was when he put uh, on a pair of overalls and became the proletariat and started beating the crap out oh of the Oh, my X-Men. God. That's, that's my favorite version of Colossus.
2: He looks like Mario.
1: He does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, oh, that was, that was pre-mustache.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes,
1: oh. yeah. That's I, really early in Claremont's run. It yeah. is. It's
0: it's it's an arcade um it's an arcade battle and I I love arcade. So anytime that the X-Men are fighting against Arcade, there's there's issues tend to stick out in my head. And um it Brian was going through a bunch of old comics recently and he pulled out that issue and immediately like I was flashback to reading that issue. Um, yeah. It's, just, it, it's a fun one. So and it paints Colossus as the bad guy. So, it's it's interesting. But well, the the fun bad guy, a bad guy in a fun way. Yeah.
1: Like he's right. a bad guy. I think he was just concerned with class solidarity. What's the big deal with that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Looking back, he seems less wrong yeah. now.
0: Yeah, he seems like the yeah, good but... guy actually. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, little did we know there was a little Colossus in all of us. Yeah anyway so that's eight characters Brad who's our next character
2: next character is another three pointer and I've an out of out of affiliation and this this model is there so I don't just auto lose some crises and it's Cat. I mean come on there she, she real good
0: there she is. I um, I'm only disappointed that you included a non-mutant, but whatever. Um, Blackhead is very
2: she. Good. She's basically immune. I mean, she has no, luck powers. She has luck powers, just like Domino. Oh,
0: you are just telling yourself that to make yourself feel better. <laughs> um. So, for our listeners out there, back when the game first started, Brad made this epic remark that as soon as he could play a roster of only 10 of 10 mutants that is all he would ever play and then here we are
2: yeah but I also want to win
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair
2: and like I will lose more games with her not in there uh she's there for like pre-core and scroll and senator and stuff like that
0: right she's she's very very good all jokes aside yeah. um, she she's just she's very good um, it's hard to in a world where she, Miles, and um, and and Voodoo exist, it's hard not to take at least one of those characters in your roster yeah. to help with those those extracts that are more difficult to get off of characters. So.
2: I was really hoping Gambit had that ability because uh, it would fit him very well, and then I, she wouldn't be in the list. This would be Gambit.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is an ability that it feels like Gambit should have had, but that's neither here nor there.
2: So I only play Black Cat in certain extracts, and that's it. I don't play her otherwise. So the three I mentioned and then Legacy Virus are the only times I play her.
0: This all makes sense.
2: Yeah. Speaking of Legacy Virus. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, did we want to ask uh, Brian what he thought about
1: Black Cat?
0: Yeah, Brian, what, what, what do you think about Black Cat?
1: Felicia's my girl. What's there, just what's there more to say? I love stealing stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, like,
1: bad day for you, great day for me.
0: That's accurate. I had Felicia um, really um, betray me the other night, uh, but that was that was punching. Um, mm. Do you remember that role? How bad that was.
1: Uh, what was it? Uh, so, all It was almost all blanks?
0: Let's let's paint the picture for, for our listeners. So I, I was playing Lexa's um, Amazing Spider-Man list that Lexa talked about on our podcast. Um, once you're listening to this, it'll have been a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Um, anyway, so I'm trying out that list. I thought it was neat. And I was in a situation where, unfortunately, in order to get a shot at winning the game, I needed Black Hat to attack. And I needed Black Cat to deal one damage to Green Goblin. That's all I needed was one damage to put him down. And it was on the all-webbed up turn. I spend a power to give myself extra dice. Um, I it's Because it's the all-webbed up turn, right? So I gain the two extra dice. Mm. I Claw Slash. He blocks out of it. I, I roll pretty good. I attack again. I roll all blanks and one crit. I roll my crit, and it's a it, it's it's another blank. And of course, he rolls one um one block, and that was that well, was it. Let's
1: also let's also make sure to point out that because of like blind obsession and some other effects that were happening on the board, green oh. goblin only had one defense die. Yes,
0: he had one defense die.
1: I needed, her, I needed her to
0: do one damage and she could not do it in two attacks on the all webbed up turn. So that's it. That, uh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it is.
2: Her bad luck her bad luck kicked in. For you.
0: Yeah, yes, it did. Bad luck was well literal <laughs> for me. Um, anywho. But yeah, so what's what's your next choice, Brad? All right,
2: so this last choice um, used to be Ghost Rider. That was the most recent change I've made to this list, is that Ghost Rider was in here. Well, I changed the tactics card, too. But Ghost Rider was in here, played a game, and then kicked. Well, I played lots of games with Ghost Rider, but one particular game kicked Ghost Rider to the curb for a much stronger model, one that could like really win me games, and that's Toad.
0: Toad, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite two threat in the game. Honestly, um,
2: uh great scenario piece. Like I lost that game with Ghost Rider, and if I had had Toad, I would have won the game.
0: I, Easy. I, I don't doubt it. Um, when you start thinking about his um, finders keepers to move to move a right an asset token to to him an asset or civilian token, or you start talking about his tongue lash with the wild bush. Um, there are so many yep. different things. His He gives.
2: Just... He gives out incinerate, pops good, um, Princel tongue to like interact from two Away. All those are just solid, solid abilities.
0: Yeah, yeah. You add wall crawler on top of it. Um, he's just uh, yeah solid all around character. Don't have, I don't have any negatives to say. Honestly, like, in com- so as an example, in Convocation, um, I know I keep talking about Convocation, but I've played a lot of them. And in that affiliation, you want, in order to justify being played, I feel like you need to have some sort of special interaction with Mystic Defense, right? Whether it's a higher Mystic Defense stat or something like, um, something like Moon Knight, which gets bonuses if they're being attacked by Mystic or things like that. Um, Toad doesn't interact any differently with Mystic than he does Physical or Energy. He just gets three dice across the board, and I windmill slam dunk Toad into my um, into my convocation list uh, just because he's a solid all around character, and he's immune. And he's a,
2: yeah, he's, and he's immune. So
0: exactly, Brian. What, what mean, do you think about our, our old friend Mortimer?
1: I mean. <sighs> Regardless of what affiliation you're in, if you have the room to just stick Black Cat and Toad in there, there are many scenarios that go from terrible matchups to very winnable. I agree. Toad is... uh... (sighs) I mean, let's be be accurate. Toad's a slippery little asshole (laughs) who just (laughs) bounces around and acts like a prick, but that's what you bring him for.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, that's uh, yeah. So that's a list. That's that's ten characters, um, eight affiliated, two unaffiliated. So let's let's move on to tactics cards. Brad, what what is your first tactics card that you reach for when when playing this roster?
2: Uh, well, maybe not the first one I reach for, although I played in I don't know more than ninety percent of the games. Uh, first class.
0: First class.
2: And I and I pretty much always play it first turn. saving Saving the power early in the game so that I can use it the next turn has really been good. And I love when there's an extract and a flip because my opponent can do one of those things and all my characters can do both.
0: Yeah, that's super relevant. Um, There's also, and and if your opponent can do both, it's usually like one character that can, right? Yes. uh, It's usually like a Hulk or like a Doctor Strange or something like that. or any as guardians right well those are nobody plays those guys um (laughs) anyway the um i kid um but the um yeah no it's a very very good card it allows it enables plays like magic to get to limbo step on turn one while also grabbing an objective um and that's just one example there there are plenty of plays it allows beast to hold on to a reroll. it allows um It allows X-23 to be that much closer to her frenzy power, right? Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Lots of reasons that card is very good. It is, it is. Brian, what do you think of First Class? Good card. Yeah, good cards are good, right?
1: Good cards are good.
0: All right, Brad, so what's your second tactics card?
2: Well, that's my only affiliated Uncanny X-Men card that I've taken. Um, I've played... The other two children of the Atom, and what's the one that moves them?
0: Um to me my oh, the, X-Men.
2: To me yeah. my X-Men. That yeah, that makes sense. That that's that's a, what it's called. Both of those very solid cards. I have cut them in favor of more general use cards though. So uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll um, get
0: there. I, I'd like to make a comment real quick about to me and my X-Men. That's a card that I I typically I love that card. Um, but I will say that I love it in scenarios where I'm taking both storm and Cyclops because it adds more flexibility right um, in this roster where you're only taking storm, I, I really do agree that it it kind of takes down on the flexibility of the card so it's kind of better to just to just roll without it. Uh, but yeah. yeah have at it what's, what's your second card Brad?
2: Uh, the one I pretty much take every game is that pack. I mean. That's my favorite restricted card. It's my default one I add to list and then I change it if I feel I need to. And it's just it's great in this.
0: Yeah, it's uh it turns out Medpack is good. I don't I don't have anything bad to say about it. I uh, I will say that it seems to be even better in lists that include healing factor characters and you have a couple of those but, and yeah. also damage oh. reduction characters.
2: Yeah, people get angry when you do it to rogue or Colossus uh-huh. <laughs> they,
0: they get don't e- like that they, they get equally angry when you do it to, get, uh, to x23 so mm. yeah well. um, yeah no I it's a good card I, I don't think we have anything more to say about it do we Brad uh Brian nope too many BR names on this podcast almost called Brian Brad
2: Uh, And speaking of healing factor, I took exceptional healing, of course.
0: Uh, Yeah, as you should.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, I have, what, is it just X-23 and Honey Badger? But that's enough. Um,
1: More than enough.
2: Yeah. Uh, Usually X-23 ends up using it, but occasionally Honey Badger in situations, like you said, where they're expecting to get through Honey Badger, and then they can't.
0: People get upset. Um, Epic Jason, uh, we have to mention him mm. once per episode. He gets <laughs> mad, mad. He gets mad, mad when you too dangerous to ignore and do an exceptional healing. He goes, "Well, you, yeah, you
1: do that." <laughs> but he, I don't blame him because he spent 15 power on a Helios laser. <laughs> oh no! I wasn't going to oh, bring no. that part up.
0: <laughs> As I laugh I mean, maniacally.
1: You gotta understand that frustration yeah. You know He spent all that power and then you spent Very little I spent went, five nope. <laughs> eh. Totally worth oh. it though oh, It's only sure. a It's a third of the A third of the resources to deny a play mm.
0: Yeah, that, That's a fair trade
1: mm. Yeah definitely
0: all right, so exceptional healing is really good. It's really good, like we said on both X twenty three and Honey Badger. Uh, as far as this list goes, um, yeah, uh, poor Epic Jason, RIP his Iron Man. So oh long live Honey Badger. So um, yeah. Anyway, all right, Brad. So that's three tactics cards. What's your next one?
2: Well, speaking of Honey Badger, Jonathan the Unstoppable.
0: Hey, Jonathan! Everybody's favorite wolverine
2: yes yeah, definitely not a card you can take every game because sometimes it just won't matter like flip scenarios right. but yeah. um he has definitely in tournaments got me like three or four points by himself so totally worth it plus i have a 3d printed token so he's cute no, he's
0: he is great um i that that card has done wonders for me. I, I, I play Infinity Formula in my... Well, does, actually, I was about to say something that doesn't even matter, because uh, Honey Badger can't gain an extra power off of Infinity Formula. Um, no, but, uh, no, she cannot. Uh, but regardless, like, the, um, you, you don't spend a power on her turn one, um, so having that extra power mm-hmm. turn two, from turn two on, Jonathan becomes live. And there's been late game plays where Jonathan has just... Won me the game by just double moving onto the the back point and dropping and dropping Jonathan.
2: Um, At one of your tournaments, um, I moved her up, and it was Infinity Formula, and I dropped Jonathan on my side Infinity Formula, and then he just stayed there all game. Yeah,
0: sometimes it that scored, happens
2: too scored that Infinity Formula for me the entire game.
0: Sometimes that happens, too. Uh, he's just, uh, yeah, it's a solid card. It's always nice to have in your 10. Like you said, it's not a, an auto-take yeah. 5. Just because you're taking Honey Badger, you don't necessarily take Jonathan. But just having him there in your 10 is it's pretty important. Ryan, what do you think about Jonathan?
1: He's great. Um, I also need to print off a, a three-dimensional Jonathan. Well, it's
0: funny you say that because you're going to get an opportunity to get one. Oh, imagine that. Anyway, so that's four tactics cards. Brad, what's your fifth? Uh,
2: the next one is Journey Through Limbo.
0: Hey, we said the I said name it. Of the podcast. We said the name of the thing.
2: Great all-purpose card there. You move your guys around for repositioning. You move your opponents around, get them off points, give them an incinerate just to get them out of the fight like Magneto hates getting... That journey through limbo, just always find a use for it.
0: It's it's a great card and an even better podcast. Hey, <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. All right, sure. Shameless plug, I, actually, full of shame plug. Um, all right, so that's five. Uh, what what's your sixth tactics card, Brad?
2: Okay, the rest of my tactics cards are not affiliated with characters either. So. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Brace for Impact. So one of the rules we didn't talk about on X-23 is that she counts as size 3 for collisions, and that has screwed me over. So I replaced whatever my old restricted card was that I had in this spot with Brace for Impact. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a good card, but I got real tired of people throwing X-23 into people.
0: Yeah, I I feel if you're playing the um, the Wolverine um, family tree of characters, um, because both both Logan and Laura have have this have an adamantium skeleton ability, um, I think that brace for impact becomes pretty important. Um, yeah, for that reason. Uh, in my X Force, it's the same way. I, I use it and I use indomitable a lot too. So.
2: Funny you say that.
0: Oh, is that a segue?
2: I mean, if you want to ask uh, Brian about Brace for Impact first, you can go ahead. Brian, what do you think about Brace for Impact? I'd rather talk about Indomitable, actually. Okay, Indomitable is my next card for that exact same reason.
1: Oh, my
2: God. Well, I'm going to be real sad if if they restrict this one because I like having two no throws.
0: I think that that brings up a good... Conversation, um, a good conversation piece. Early on, so Brian and I had this discussion with Epic Jason and Sarah and Darius the other night, right? And <clears throat> I, I feel like Indomitable, whatever it first came out, I was like, well, it's definitely going to end up on the restricted list. Um, I, I strongly felt that way, but the more that I play the card, the more that I realize that obviously it makes the ten. But it far from often makes the five. Um, it, it's really list-dependent. It's really scenario-dependent. It's really... Um, I, I, I I don't know. I, I, I just think that it is less useful. So Brace for Impact, I, I mean, obviously it's good. Obviously in Indomitable is good. But Brace for Impact seems like it gets played once per game, Right. It feels pretty pretty easy yeah. that you'll you'll get the opportunity once per game to get to use it. Um, Indomitable feels a little less that way um, for what for whatever reason I can't explain it I can't whatever um, and it's may, maybe because brace for impact is on the restricted list. Um,
2: you feel like you feel need like, to play it.
0: Yeah, yeah. May, maybe it's that, or maybe it's that. Wow. Uh, maybe it's that uh, because I played brace for impact. Um, I could have used Indomitable in, in that scenario instead, or whatever. I, I I don't know, but for whatever reason, I feel that I don't as often use Indomitable, therefore I I don't feel like it needs to be on that spot, um, because they. I mean, I have lists. I have tens that I don't take it. So.
2: But, yeah, well, I took it specifically because of X twenty three. Right, right. Those um, those lists. I, I, I guess take it
0: because of because of her and because of Logan.
2: And beast is also size three. Right, uh, Colossus is as well. So I have like several that count as size three that I don't want thrown into other people. Right.
0: Turns out that hurts. So.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It does. Uh, well, Brian, you want you have anything to add? I'm just no. going to take care of the podcast.
1: Oh. Wow. Gonna make things easier for me, really.
2: Hey, right. speaking of hurting. Corvus. um, Dormammu. um, Hulk. Magneto. All these models hurt a lot. So I took
0: disarm. Nothing is more sad. As a former Brotherhood player, nothing makes me more sad than a disarmed Magneto.
2: Uh, I also play... Uh, brotherhood and know exactly how that feels
1: That's why I took it
0: Yeah, it makes me want to cry Brian, I, I feel I like you say... uh, go, ahead, hmm? go, ahead.
1: go ahead I was going to say, the most important thing When playing Disarm Is uh, you have to take a moment And pause and say Disarm? No, dad arm Oof
0: Alright, so we, Sorry, we know how, how, how Brian feels about Disarm So What's your next card, Brad?
2: Uh, Speaking of models, I really hate playing against. Um, Miles Morales ranks way up there. And um, here in Charleston, we have someone who plays him regularly. Um, And so I took Mark for Death.
0: Yeah, Mark Uh, for Death. It's David's favorite tactics card. Yeah, it's
2: mostly a fuck Miles card, but...
0: Or it gets Spider-Man. other man it also is very relevant against black cat um we yes a game brad that took me a while to claw back into that i would have been able to claw into much earlier when i was playing x force against your brotherhood um if i had been able to mark for death black cat yeah so um that, that it's just a good card it's a good card to have around especially as the as the the meta game um evolves with, within this game. Um, it's an important tool to have in your tool belt. What do you think about Mark for Death, Brian?
1: Great card. I love, uh, if it wasn't in the list, I would have suggested it.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) It gets Brian's stamp of approval.
1: Good, that's good. More like my mark of approval. Ah.
0: Well. That
2: might have been your best joke on the podcast yet. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, so that's that's tactics card number nine. What is tactics card number 10, Brad?
2: Um, this is a card that um, I didn't play for a long time because I'm bad at reading, and it's mission objective. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely did not understand how this card works, and now I'm a big fan.
0: I do remember back at the beginning of the game um, I included this in all of my eights at the time because we were allowed eight tactics yeah. cards. And I do specifically mm. remember you telling me, I don't know why you'd play that card.
2: But... Well, I thought you had to play the active part to have it available to then do the reactive part. Not that those were two different options. So...
0: That is that is relevant.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, I'll probably be playing it in a lot more lists now that I understand and I'm not an idiot.
0: Well, in a list that uses both Black Cat and Toad, it becomes super relevant. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. No, it's just it's a good card. What do you think about Mission Objective, Brian?
1: I think you don't see it as often as you should. Partially I, for that reading comprehension reason. But like there's there's few things better than than like you go to drop like a hammer or a cube or something and they go uh, I'm gonna pick it up and you go no pick two no no it goes over here I'm gonna get it
2: well even better
1: black cat ske- steals the scroll they
2: finally catch up with her and kill her she throws it over to colossus good luck
0: yeah yeah that's Oof. or rogue right so... yeah rogue too like. Throws it to Storm who's in stealth range. Like there are lots of yeah. different options that um that are very, very frustrating. So throws it to Toad who hops away. Um, it's uh or slipperies away, sorry. Mm. Yeah, no, it's there it's got a lot of good applications. Yeah. My dream,
2: man. My dream, one day I'll do this. Um on legacy virus. Black cat steals a legacy virus. Toad picks up a Legacy Virus, and someone else picks up a Legacy Virus. And then Toad takes Black Cats, and then someone else throws theirs over to Toad.
0: Yep. Sacrificial Toad for 8 VPS. Yep.
2: So you can put that a lot together a lot faster with that mission objective.
0: We have Beast the Race Trader, and we have Toad the Race Savior. Yes. All right. Well, that's 10 tactics cards. Brad, what are your three secure crises?
2: Okay, so my three are Infinity Formula Goes Missing, Mutant Madman Turns City city Center into Lethal Amusement Park, and Riot Spark Over Extremist 3.0. All
0: right, so yeah, run us through um, some of your reasonings for taking these three crises.
2: Uh, I really like bees. If there was a third B, I'd probably have it in my list. Uh, You have to break up in the two fights, and the really fighty teams don't like that. And then the um, scenario-based teams, they don't mind, but then I just try to outfight them. So it lets me play into... The opposite end of whatever the strength is of the team. If they're a scenario team, I fight them on two flanks. Uh if they're a fighty team, I try to do scenario. So I like that shape for that reason.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And and honestly, the D does that a little bit too, right? The, the yes,
2: it does. It's not. As good as that, because we're it's even more spread out, but it's a good fill in.
0: Yeah, it's it's less effective as the as the B, but it's it's definitely there. Um, so the shape you mentioned the shapes as being very important to you. Um, did the point totals matter to you at all? Some sometimes people choose scenarios over threat levels. Did you have any consideration under that, or was it just the uh, shapes and then that didn't matter?
2: I am well. You notice that. There are lots of different Ds, and I picked one that was 17. Right. Um, I found that in, in the Proxima Corvus days. I really liked playing that 17-18 range a lot. And it's really easy to do that because there are a lot of scenarios in that. So I'm definitely not upset that there's 17s and 18s. But that was not the first thought I had. Okay,
0: fair enough. Well, go ahead and let us know what your three extracts are, Brad.
2: So, I have Struggle for the Cubes Continues, Fear Grip's Grips World as Worthy Terrorize... What's the rest of that thing? Cities. And Spider-Infected Invade Manhattan.
0: All right, so Uh, we have two F's and a D.
2: Yeah. So, one of the goals of the list is to go very wide... So one of the big things I wanted was lots of um, different uh, extracts to pick up so that uh, I can take advantage of going wide a little bit more than hopefully my opponent. Um, Spider Infected especially does that because you can only have one. Uh, Everyone loves hammers. Uh, cubes, I'm not super sold on. Uh, but I do like the extra power.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, okay, so again, you have 17s and 18s. We talked about that with the secures. So. Yeah. Yeah, it just synergizes with the list pretty well. Um, Well, that brings us to the... N- our second um, commercial break here. I also need to step away from my computer for a second. So it's a good opportunity to pass the torch to Brian and allow him to take over and give us one of those sweet, sweet ad reads. Take it away, Brian.
1: Of course. Uh, This week's uh, comic recommendation segment is sponsored by Baxter's fine fabrics. Need something with a little extra stretch or something that's non-flammable or maybe semi-transparent, come on down to Baxter's Fine Fabrics, located at the corner of 42nd and Madison in picturesque New York City. But we are closed on Wednesdays for Mole Man cleanup. I'm guessing he's... Yeah, I, I don't think he's back yet. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to... How do, How, do do How do you do
2: banter? Is that I, I don't know. Did you want to say anything about my crisis picks?
1: Since um, he didn't bother to ask you. No, no, the crisis. I think the... the. Um, I, man, I hate looking at reds because there are just not enough of them. Yeah, I think that's a real
2: problem. I hope we get more soon.
1: We need, like, uh, literally in the coming, in, like, the next wave... We need like three boxes in a row to include a new red. Yeah, I agree.
2: I, especially since they banned one of them now. Yeah, comple- completely understand why they banned it. But that took the choice down even more.
1: I mean, the, the band took it from two digits to one. Yeah, which is rough. And honestly, like, we're still not in a great place, blues either. I think there could definitely, like, for example, there's no A map blue.
2: A map's so weird.
1: I don't. Nah. I don't like it. I really like the A map personally. I just don't know what they do with it, I... like,
2: just in general.
0: I also was of the opinion that I never thought that we would get an F map blue. And then we did. Um, so I, I think that there has to be some sort of design space for it, right? They, they had to have at least some sort of thought or they wouldn't have just yeah. made the a map, um, with one scenario in mind. So I would hope, yeah, I would hope so as well. I think
2: they did a good job with the F map secure too.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Um, except that it's so good for criminal syndicate. Who's a, terrorist well, yeah, guy, but, um, that's a criminal syndicate problem not a uh... right yeah anyway so uh, Brian did you uh, did you get into your your feedback there
2: no I
1: actually, I, I actually got a little confused uh, I don't do well with awkward silences you know the lack of structure
0: <laughs> okay. lack
1: of structure puts me into kind of an anxiety well, spiral let's,
0: let's talk about feedback then. Um, so I will, uh, would you like me to go first, Brian, or would you like to go first?
1: I've been going first for a couple episodes. You go first.
0: Okay. So, um, let's talk about characters. I would like to bring up one. Well, I think I have two interesting choices. One Brad will probably approve of One he probably will not because one is a mutant. One is not. Um, but I would like to, Brad, would you like me to pick, to bring up the mutant first or the non mutant first?
2: Let's go with the non-mutant. Okay, Cuz I don't have any non-mutants in my
0: list. The non-mutant I would like to bring up is Baron Mordo. <laughs> um I like Baron Mordo in this list for several different reasons. Um for one, he has the the medium move on the medium size base, right? Um so that's first of all there, that's a lot of speed. But for two, that gives you extra spacing with your um, with your teleport. So it gives you an opportunity that if you were a, to um, take him, Beast, and Colossus, then that's a lot of extra spacing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but on top of that, the big reason for me to want to take him is the, um, is the ferocity of Sidorak, um, which allows him to add two dice to an attack roll for, for a model in exchange for that model taking one damage. Um, that's really, really good on a flank with Lara and Gabby. Um, it makes yeah. Gabby's attacks well we, we know how good it makes Laura's attacks um, but it also makes Gabby's attacks very very good and on a B map I'd have to measure it out but I'm fairly certain with his medium base he can stand at the front of the infinity formula um, while Laura and Gabby are are attacking the front or well the closest side to you of the um...
2: you get more room than yes. that yeah because Domino can attack from front to front, and she's on a small base. Okay. Well, then there you go. Range three. Um,
0: so you have plenty of space to be able to attack and also yeah. add extra dice, right? So, um,
1: yeah, I think in
2: a I think in a world I don't have to play back Black Cat, um, I can see putting him in her spot.
0: Yeah, I I can see that as well. Um, yeah, so that that's just a, a thought. Um, and then the mutant that I would like to bring up is actually Cable. Um, and I'm sure that you have played Cable in the roster before. Um, <laughs> the, I found that adding the, well, again, he's another medium base, so it gives you more flexibility. Cable's a little weirder because he likes to play towards the back, so he really only gives you the flexibility on turn one for that extra movement. Um, but he can set back when, at the edge of a point and harass things to enable Laura and Gabby, but he also adds more defense dice um for them, for Storm, for whoever he's he's on a flank with. Um and adding more defense dice in a world where you have cover, where you get rerolls with Laura, things like that, it uh it really starts to layer itself, so. But yeah. The the
2: big the big downside for him is the 5 points.
0: Right. Yes, 5 yeah. I know that you want to go wide um yeah, having having the option of playing a five threat at just like nineteen or twenty threat um, could be good. So, but that's really that's that's the feedback that I have there. That's
2: that's not who I thought you were going to recommend for the mutant.
0: Did you who, did you think? Let me guess. Was it Omega Red? No, I
2: thought you were going to recommend Mystique.
0: Okay, so mm, I love Mystique. I, I do really like Mystique. Obviously, I love her. Um, she's one of my favorite characters I have Mystique templates um, the, um, the only reason I didn't bring her up was because you have Magic and Journey Through Limbo and I feel that it is difficult to take both of them in a list because uh, they oh both yeah, want bet. to take their tactics card that's fair So it, and also I really like your tactics card choices and it's really hard for me to want to take Mystique without also taking Deception. Right. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my character thing, and I, I kind of alluded to my tactics card choices. Um, I, I really like your tactics card choices. I don't have a lot to say. Um, if there was ever a time, the only thing that I would change is if, is if there was ever a time that you were to swap, let's say, Colossus for Cyclops, then I would consider to be my X-Men. Um, but right. But I don't see that happening in the type of list that this is, so that's that's neither here nor there. Um, if you don't like cubes as an extract, um, now I will say that I, um, I agree with everything you all were saying in the fact that there are difficult... Um, it, it, it's difficult to um, choose different extracts in this current structure because there are so few so much fewer extracts than there are secures especially with the one banned one um i will say montessi formula is another 17 that also has a similar effect as spider infected and in the fact that you can only, only hold, hold one, one yeah so that might be something to think about in lists that i have enjoyed um that spider infected effect and also one of that 17 threat i found that montessi is kind of a miniature version of that so Okay. Anywho, so that's that's the feedback I have, Brian. What what do you uh, what do you have for us? Let's let's hear that sweet sweet spice.
1: Um, I like the Baron Mordo suggestion. I don't know where it fits in. That's that's another character I didn't think of, but what I did think of. Uh, so, you know, I I spent a lot of time earlier talking about how Colossus is just fine, but. I think that with the structure that you're looking at, you're looking at sort of a very... the sort of essence of mid-range, like take on all comers, like fight if you have to, control the board if you have to, um, maximum flexibility. Mm -hmm. And currently, the thing that you're missing with your flexibility is attack types. You're sort of pigeonholed into mostly um, physical attacks. Yes. So, the way to solve that is to drop Colossus for Ancient One.
2: Ancient One, interesting.
1: Ancient One, largely because the Ancient One has exactly the same kind of weird, like, sticks around on the board way longer than they have any, uh, any reason to stick around. There's just weird little janky things that happen with the Ancient One that I think will... Not go against the game that like will fulfill a similar role but will give you access to um another attack type, mainly Mystic, which is a, a it's important to have access to Mystic.
0: I um I, I really like that Ancient One suggestion, Brian. Um, I've played a lot of Ancient One, and a big um a big thing here is the fact that like when playing Ancient One, um, people want to to push them away, so you can get out of that martial artist range. Well, if they're out of martial artist range, ancient one is still getting cover with storm. So,
1: mm-hmm. plus yeah. the re- plus the two defense right. reroll, uh, and gaining the extra power also gives you sort of the same kind of objective play that you wanted anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very interesting choice. Help if she was mutant or if he? Right. I don't know what.
1: Like, like, listen, you get what you get, you know. Just trying to help you, Brad.
2: No, I I don't dislike the the choice at all. It's just I'm mutant. Okay. It makes it tough.
0: They're not as listen. They're not as mutated as Black Cat. Okay, Brian. <laughs> 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 all right, Brian. What's what's your next one?
1: Oh no, that was the only thing.
0: That, that's all you had. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, uh, the tactics I think are fine. Um, I think the prices cards are are fine. I'm not sure. Uh, we've already discussed that it's kind of awkward picking reds. Like I like the Montesi formula suggestion as well. Um, what I also think. Sp- I think they're fine. Uh, I think a lot of it is, it comes down to picking your roster and cards going into it. Like when you're actually like setting up for deployment, that's going to be the more, those are, that's more likely to be your make or break scenario rather than building the list with this methodology going into it.
2: Uh, so I got a question Uh, one thing that I have considered for struggle for a cute continued spot is uh, W Legacy Virus I've mentioned it several times on this that I have a plan for it you think that's a good enough reason to include it
0: I think that because you have mission objective and because you have Black Cat and Toad I do think that you can skew into it quite a bit the question you have to ask yourself is, is, is if that's something you want to force or is it something right. you just want to have as a tool in your belt in case it comes up? Yeah. And I, I think that's the distinction here. And without playing the roster, I don't know the answer to that question because I considered that as well. When we, when I was looking through the the secure crises, as far as like choosing one to, to add goes, um, but that's, that, that's kind of where I landed on that, is if you if that's something, do you think you are so good at it that you want to force it, or do you think that it's something that you just want to have access to in case someone has messed up?
2: Yeah, it's probably worth at least trying it then. Yeah,
0: I think so too. Okay. Try it out, I'm let just us
2: so, know. Yeah, I'm just so scared of just losing to it that... But...
0: Right, I I'm I the haven't same way. played it. I'm the exact same way. I'm so terrified of that crisis that, like, I I don't put it in lists. In 19, in a lot of lists that I play, 19 is a threat value that I love, um, but I've stayed away from it.
1: I think it would like if you hadn't included mission objective. I don't think it would have been worth testing. But because right. that because that card is in there, I think it's worth trying out. Okay, I will.
2: I'll. I'll try that. I actually. Um, I cloned my list and just added what your guys' suggestions were to the end of everything. Mm. Uh, to see what I want to play with after this.
0: Well, definitely let us know. Um, in a in a shameless plug, you could access our Twitter at JTLcast to. Uh, to I let us I'm know. a follower. You are. You are one of two. It is me and you. So. You can also email your feedback to jtlcast at gmail.com. So we'll get those plugs in there. I should probably
1: follow the Twitter. I've been
0: waiting for it.
1: I don't think that that's that's not a good look.
0: (laughs) Oh no. You also have the login credentials, so you could just log into the Twitter and tweet things if you would like. But Uh, anyway. So I think that brings us to the end of our list building section in general as far as the, uh, our feedback section goes. So what about uh, what about comic suggestions? I think Brad brought some comic suggestions, so him being our guest I'm going to allow him to go first.
2: Well of course I brought comic suggestions. Uh, I'm, I'm playing an X-Men list. I love the X-Men. I'm going to tell you some comics to read. So um It's also what I do on our podcast. And if you're listening to this one, you're in the right feed to listen to it. So uh, Storm isn't, isn't not Storm. Rogue is an all star in my list. So I picked uh, basically a rogue spotlight. Uh, It is an X-Men team, but it bears basically no resemblance to my X-Men team. And it's the supernova arcs of—is uh, it just X Men? No, yeah, no X. Not Uncanny, just regular X Men. Uh, One eighty-eight through whatever six issues left it. After that is it's written by Mike Carey, Pencilers, Chris Bachalo, Bachalo. I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name, uh, even though I love his art. And Clayton Henry. Um, really just any X-Men stuff written by Mike Carey you should read because it's one of the most underrated uh, runs in history of comics I believe but uh, Rogue um, she brings her mom and Sabretooth and um, Lady Mastermind and Iceman and forms a team where she's the leader and if you were following that list that was a bad idea um, cables cables on the team they're, they're uh, oh and Omega Sentinel like uh, cannonball I mean cannonball cable you can rely on um iceman's a little bit of a screw-up and the others are straight-up villains so the fact that she keeps the team together at all shows her amazing leadership potential good stuff
0: yeah the, the supernovas arc is one of my and as you mentioned the mike Carey run in general but really the supernovas arc is one of my favorite arcs of x-men comics in general brad you know we, you and i talk all the time about how yeah. mike Carey deserves an omnibus really um yes. I do have a sweet yeah. supernovas hardcover um that i share around to the friend group um i think who has that right now? Brian that hard Eric minor.
1: So, yeah,
2: I, I have that hardcover in my hands right now.
0: It's awesome. It's such a good read. It's it's so fun. Um, Rogue is such a dynamic leader of that group. Um, and it includes Masi, who, who we mentioned that I love. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it.
2: Her other mama would probably be on the team if she wasn't dead
0: at the time. Right, right. Well, thank God she's back. But speaking of her coming back, um, I think Brian has a comic from that era. Brian, what what, what comic did you choose as a recommendation?
1: Uh, well, Jason, you got me... You finally convinced me to read uh, House of X, Powers of 10 Let's go. Which I enjoyed immensely. I, uh, like, just... I have not read anything else that Jonathan Hickman has done, but I am fully convinced that that man is a genius. And the Kirk Cohen era of the X-Men is... I don't know how nobody thought of it before. Like, just everything about it makes a ton of sense.
2: Yeah, it seems so obvious in retrospect.
1: Yeah, and like, even... And especially, I... I now, ironically, I'm not actually recommending House of X, Powers 10, but if you haven't read it, you should. Uh, what I am suggesting is based off of another book that I reread recently. I reread through the entire run of Savage Avengers uh, leading up to the relaunch relatively soon. So I read the uh, Jerry Duggan X-Men, which... There's only like five issues on Unlimited, but I still really liked it.
0: So, what what character um, is included in this list? Well, what characters Brian are included in this list that are feature characters in that arc?
1: Well, X twenty three is on the is on the that's, team.
0: That's it. The true Wolverine.
1: Rogue is
2: also a member of that team. Which those yeah. are the, the two models that put in the most work in my list. So I love this recommendation.
1: And also the treehouse they live in is so cool. Like yeah, it's thought, pretty cool. I thought that you couldn't get a like more aesthetic base, like aesthetically pleasing looking base than um, Excalibur's like, lighthouse. But then they made the treehouse and it rules. It's just super cool. Everything about... I, I'm a... Big. I'm super into everything Rakoan architecture. Let's it's go. Super cool.
0: That's a win for Team Jason.
1: Yeah, well, a broken clock and all that. <laughs> get twice more Twice a day.
0: Get get people reading more Hawksbox, Whatever it takes. So and this new
2: era is amazing.
0: Oh, it really is. Yeah. Um, especially this next sub era of this era. The Destiny of X stuff um, is, has been really pleasing so far. So I'm excited to see what more it brings. Uh, being a Destiny fan like I am, um, I think that this era is going to be a lot of fun. So, um, af- my, my comic review for this week, uh, or my comic recommendation, I should say, for this week is... Uncanny X-Men, 169 and 170. Um, The crew for 169 is slightly different from 170, so I'm going to read them both off. Um, For issue 169, the writer is Chris Claremont. The penciler is Paul Smith. um, The inker is Bob Wyachek. The colorist is Bob Sharon. The letterer is Tom Orzechowski. And the editors are Louise Jones and Danny Fingeroth. And 170, the writer, again, is Chris Claremont. The penciler is Paul Smith. The inker is Bob Wyacek. Um, the colorists are Paul Becton and Janine Casey. The letterer is Tom Orzechowski, once again. And the editors, once again, are Louise Jones and Danny Fingeroth. So in this storyline, the Morlocks are introduced, right? And they have captured Angel and are going to force him to marry um. Callisto, who is the leader of the Morlocks, um, in this storyline, um, it's a it's a very storm heavy storyline where Storm ends up battling Callisto for um, control of the Morlocks. And in this in this uh, particular example, Storm doesn't use her powers, which is kind of a prelude to her losing her powers later on. Uh, it's a great um, it's a great story. Um, I'm a big Storm fan, um, and it it really features some of the most ferocity uh, based leadership qualities of storm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoy it. Um, Brad, what do you, what do you think of this, this recommendation?
2: Uh, I think it's great. In fact, kids out there um, listening as someone who's read every X-Men issue ever printed, uh, just read Chris Claremont. (laughs) Chris Claremont. Getting late, I guess. Chris, <laughs> Clis, Chris, Claremont, Claremont Clip. I'm just gonna Claremont. move on.
1: Chris it's, Claremont. Yeah, it's not. It's not that late, Brad. It is
2: for me. Uh, um, ooh, it's only 7:42. It's not that late. Uh, no. His X-Men run. Um, it is not under-hyped like Mike carries, It is appropriately hyped because it is amazing. Just read it.
0: Yeah, it took me... Um, I, I just read the entirety of the Claremont run, and it took me, what, Brad, about a year and a half to get through it all? Um, and I've got to say, well worth the journey. Um, yeah. Well worth the journey. And I read... I didn't just read Uncanny X-Men. That's what took me so long. I read all of the accompanying yeah. titles with it. Um, even the ones that weren't written by Chris Claremont. Um, I read X-Factor and um, and New Mutants, which was taken over by Simonson later on. Um, I, I read all of those other things uh, along with it, so it took a little bit of time. But I highly recommend it. Um, the entire run is great. But if you're just looking for a Storm story, um, something that yeah. gets you pretty hype about her and includes some of these other characters we talked about, um, 169 and 170 are... Are great. It also 170. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about Rogue in this in this episode. We talked about the character. Brad chose a, a comic that is led by Rogue. Um, Brian's comic choice um, has Rogue involved in it. Um, she's on the team. This one is the the end of 170 begins the intro of Rogue to the X Men team. So um, it plays on that end too. So. Yeah,
2: everything was, you. Everything you think about X Men being, you will find in that those two issues and the stuff around it, like yep. except Cyclops.
0: Right, right. That's that's it. So, um, yeah, fellas, that's a podcast. We've uh, we've made it to the end of all of it. Um, Brad, thank you once again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, it's always a great time to hang out and just shoot the breeze about minis and comics. Uh, I would like to give you the opportunity before we log off here to plug anything you would like to plug one last time for our listeners.
2: Um, well, I mean, the big thing is uh, watch our stuff on Crit Hit Wild, listen to our podcast, and use cerebromcp.com. Those are the things I have to plug.
0: Alright, yeah, that's it. Brian, do you have any closing remarks? Any um, late recording jabs at brad or anything you want to get out
1: uh well i just wanted to make sure to thank brad for his continued support and sponsorship uh because i just got word from the higher ups that uh our sponsorship didn't get canceled yeah in fact i I was
2: was excited to see next episode if i was still a sponsor or not
1: (laughs) oh uh, interestingly, the Cerebro sponsorship actually extends out until, uh, three years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you sign that contract, Brad, and you can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, for that
0: contract extension. Yeah. 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 Thank you, agents, for making that happen. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, thank you all for listening. Um. If you could do a few things for us, um, please head on over to Twitter.com and give us a follow at, at JTLCast, or send us any feedback that you would like um, to our email at JTLCast at gmail.com. Um, if you could also please go find the Crit Hit Wild Network on um, any of your podcast platforms. Please leave a five-star review. Um, and then send us any feedback that you'd like to hear. But the more five-star reviews we get, the more um, apparent that, that podcast um, becomes. Uh, the algorithms really like those five-star reviews. It kind of pushes us to the front of iTunes, the front of Spotify, whenever you search Marvel Crisis Protocol, things like that. Um, so that's a cast. I, I will see you all next week.
1: See you nerds. Bye. Bye.